All right, decisions, decisions, decisions. You know, it seems like anymore I wake up in the morning with people yelling decisions in my ear and I go to sleep with people yelling decisions in my ear and I don't know if I'm making all the right decisions. <laughs> yes, I am making all the right decisions, damn it. I'm making it and I know it. All right, welcome to the Michael Slate Show. Really glad to be back today in, in the midst of all the things that are occurring and how we're able to continue to put this out to people, to put this station out to people, to put out what we're talking to people. And actually helping, I hope, helping people to understand what the hell is going on in the world and what we need to do about it. You know, that's the kind of stuff that we need to hear about it. So this is the Michael Slate Show, and I'm Michael Slate. And you're not, okay? Uh, Only those of us who saw that movie 100,000 years ago would actually know that. Um, Anyway, today's show is going to focus on many aspects of the brutal campaign of arrests, torture, and executions that is now taking place in Iran. This is an emergency, folks. Let's say it again. It is an emergency. The lives and dignity of hundreds of political prisoners are in imminent mortal danger. Okay? Just be real clear that you heard that imminent mortal danger. All right? In the face of this, an international movement to stop the torture, arrests, and executions and free the prisoners has been gaining support. Also, very, very, very important. And you've got to pay attention to that and uh, see what you can do with that. All right? Beginning in October 2020, the Islamic Republic of Iran launched a massive new wave of arbitrary arrests against labor, women's and human rights activists, dissident intellectuals and artists, protesters and revolutionaries, and members of religious and oppressed minorities. Many are now being tortured, held in solitary confinement, and denied legal rights, assistance, or medical aid as the IRI attempts to force confessions and conduct sham trials and carry out brutal floggings. Amnesty International warns of an alarming rise in executions, with 49 prisoners executed between December and February. This regime has a blood-stained record of attempting to violently crush any form of dissent or resistance, including Sudden mass executions of political prisoners as happened in 1988. So, so at the back end of the show, we'll be talking with Larry Everest, who is a signatory to the Emergency Appeal to Free Iran's Political Prisoners and the author of Oil, Power, and Empire, Iraq, and the U.S. Global Agenda, and a contributor to Revcom.us slash Revolution Newspaper. And opening the show up, we're very pleased to be talking with Mariam Clarem the daughter of Nahid Tagavi. Nahid is a 66-year-old German-Iranian dual citizen and women's rights activist. She was arbitrarily arrested on October 16, 2020. Nahid was taken to Tehran's notorious Evin prison, where she spent 194 days, 194 days in solitary confinement and was interrogated 80 times, all right, get that, 80 times for a total of 1,000 hours, all without legal counsel. On June 13th, Nahid was scheduled for a sham trial, but it was postponed indefinitely. She is still waiting for the several others, including British Iranian, including British Iranian dual citizen and labor activist Mehran Rahouf. And uh, Miriam Claren has been fighting tirelessly for her mom's freedom and the freedom of all Iran's political prisoners. Miriam, welcome to the show. Hi, Michael. Thank you for having me. Sure, sure. I'm actually, I'm privileged to have you. I think it's actually, it's, it's really important what you do, what your family's doing, what you're, more, it's more, more of that is needed by everybody, okay? 
and I think it's people really have to start to get on there. Um, we have a, I want to, uh, basically, I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and you can run with these, you know, however you want. It's, uh, I just want to, the, the stuff you do is really important, so I want people to hear this, right? So can you give us um, an, up, an up-to-date, uh, basically, can you give us up-to-date on, can you make us up-to-date on the situation of the prisoners right now? Yes, sure. Um, you mentioned a lot. Uh, you mentioned my mother's case, Noe Tagavi, but to be honest, her case is not an exception. Every case of political prisoners in the Islamic Republic of Iran is going on like the same. The people are arrested because of their uh, um, system of belief, because of their opinion, because they have not the right of freedom of speech, freedom of expression, even not the right of freedom of thinking, and so on and so on. So this is the first main issue we have in Iran about the political prisoners, the reasons why these prisoners are getting arrested. The main charge every political prisoner is confrontated with in the Islamic Republic of Iran is called propaganda against the regime, advertising against the uh, government. What does it mean? That means... Thinking is forbidden, and talking about your thoughts is a crime. So if you are together with friends, or you are writing something, or you are criticizing something, they put you in jail. But they, they do not only put you in jail. The whole process, how this um, arrested, uh, arresting goes on, is so unlawful and arbitrarily. As you said, the example of my mom. They arrest people, then they put them into solitary confinement in an isolation section inside the Evin, notorious Evin prison in Tehran. In this isolation section, the prisoners are only allowed to talk to their interrogators. These are often the intelligence uh, agents uh, of the um, so-called revolutionary guard in Iran. This is something like a state in state in Iran, and they are only accountable to the leader, to the supreme leader. They are not under the government or something else. So there the prisoners are taken and interrogated. The isolation section is, uh, the concept of the isolation section is to break the prisoners. Why? They are putting in solitary confinement cells, very tinny cells, with a stone floor. They have no beds no pillows, no, uh, uh, um, no um, blankets or something like this. Um, they are put there. They are always blindfolded when they have to leave their cell. But in their cell, they are always monitored by the uh, um, camera 24-7. If, even if they use the toilet or if they use the bathroom, the cameras are on them. Then they, the interrogation begins. They, are, uh, they go to the interrogation sessions. In my mom, mom's case, it was uh, 80 sessions. Uh, um, that means three and a half months. Every day, 13 hours, she was interrogated by the guards without legal uh, access, without um, access to family. We only talked to her twice during the first four months of her uh, uh, detention. And in these interrogation sessions, they start creating cases. They want you to confess. They 
start to threat on you. They say we are going to uh, kill your uh, family and somebody confessed that you are uh, uh, um, uh, someone who wants to overthrow the regime and so on and so on. After they have created their cases, the case is brought to court. There is no independent judge. There is no independent prosecutor. There is only a kangaroo trial, a sham trial, because the verdict is already written by the intelligence and security uh, agents of the Islamic Republic of Iran. And after that, the prisoners get very, very harsh sentences, like execution, like uh, uh, lifetime sentences, like flogging, and so on and so on. So this is something every political prisoner in Iran is confronted with. Someone is only two months in solitary confinement. In my mom's case, it was seven months. Seven months, 194 days blindfolded, interrogated, sleeping without a pillow, tortured. This is torture. If you look at international law and at the law of the United Nations, this is the meaning of torture. So this is the one point. Mm-hmm. To give you an update about the current situation in the Iran's prison, my mom is now at the uh, woman wing of the uh, Avin's political prison awards. There are th- about 30 women in this ward. Every single woman is in detention because they were doing something good, to say it very easily. For example, there are environmentalists, there are women rights activists, there are journalists, there are lawyers. They are uh, um, human rights activists and so on, labor activists and so on. Now, these women are all together. And what we hear, what we learned this week, um, we had a COVID outbreak in the woman wing. Two of the women are tested positive uh, for COVID. They do not even test the other woman. You know, one of these women, one of the environmentalist women called Sepi De Koshani, she spent two years in solitary confinement and is, is now at the woman ring. Um, <clears throat> she was uh, having a fever and the doctor said, oh, no, it's just a cold. So she was uh, with the other woman together. And after her um, health was deteriorating, getting be- uh, more worse, uh, the other woman forced the uh, uh, authorities to take a test from her and she was positive. These women are sharing the bathrooms, the kitchens with each other. They are sleeping in one room and so on and so on. The authorities even did not test the other woman. Let's not talk about vaccinating them or something like this. So they use the virus against these prisoners um, <clears throat> to make them sick. There are a lot of elderly women, like my mom. My, my mother is a 60, 60, 66 years old, diabetic, high blood pressure. Um, If she is contracted with COVID, it would be very, very dangerous for her, but for a lot of uh, other women too. But uh, to say it very clearly, the Islamic Republic of Iran don't give a They are responsible for this situation. We as the families, uh, families of these people, the lawyers, the campaigners, we can only talk about this. But it's in the responsibility of the judiciary system of the Islamic Republic of Iran to protect them. But to be honest, they will not protect them. And the future is very, very dark. The um, 
former chief of the judiciary from the Islamic Republic of Iran, Paul Raisi, is now the elected president. He was elected in a Sham election. It was clear that he's going to be the president. He is responsible um, for the killing of uh, about, it's said, 30,000 political prisoners in 1988. Michael, you mentioned it in your intro, the killing of the political prisoners. He was responsible. He was in the so-called death commando. He's now the president of the Islamic Republic of Iran. So um, our mission is to campaign uh, for the freedom of these prisoners. They are behind bars because they stood up for other people. Now it is up to us, and I'm really calling on the whole uh, 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 world community. It's our job to raise our voices, to stand up, and to fight for their release. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me this. This is, um, and I have like just this question and another one for you, but um, right now there's also, as you're talking about this, people, I think people should be, very angry and shuddering at the at the, the horror that's being unleashed and has been unleashed, and 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 I'd like you to actually speak a little bit to this too because what difference does it make in your eyes to to, to prisoners and people in Iran and Europe to see people who are known sort of for their you know standing with people all over the world people like uh, Noam Chomsky, Ariel Dorfman, Alice Walker, Dan Ellsberg, Cornel West. Uh, Gloria Steinem, all these people who have signed this emergency appeal calling for freeing Iran's political prisoners. What do you think about that? I mean, a, it seems like it's, it's something that's very important because it's also it also um, is linking with and being, uh, you know, working with together very closely or maybe even in the same thing um, with Iranians like political activists and journalists, uh, Taghi Romani, I don't want to ruin people's names. So, you know, there's a whole series of progressive um, activists in in that, that are um, Iranian progressive activists that are actually standing in this too. What difference does it make to people who are in the jails to actually see that this is happening? What difference does it make overall, you know, to, to be able to put that out to people that there is something very important going on and they need to be part of it? It is very, very important. Let me say it clear. It is the most important thing people can do because of many reasons. Reason one you cannot imagine how much spirit this gives this gives to political prisoners when they know that the world is standing beside them this is so important when they are in the solitary confinement when they are isolated even when there are their sentence is given and they are in the ward and there are dark days when they think um they cannot do anything about it because they are in the hand of the enemy. It means so much for them, this solidarity um, that's really, really, really very important for the prisoners. That's one thing. The second thing is it has a big impact on the authorities of Iran. Of course, they are cruel. Of course, they are arbitrarily. But they are, they are, I know there are teams in Iran who search the names of the political prisoners to see, if the authorities, to see what are people writing about them, what is going on about them. And every little signature, every little article, every little calling for them freedom from NGOs, from or, ordinary people, etc., means 
that the, they put a, less pressure on this prisoner. If the prisoner's dignity is not uh, uh, um, mentioned, they can do what they want to do. Let me give you an example. The day my mom came into the courtroom, the judge looked at her and said, Oh, Ms. Tagavi, you are very, very prominent. The whole world is uh, calling for your release. That's a big deal when the judge of the Islamic Republic of Iran mentioned it. You know, this gives a lot of spirit to the prisoner. And this shows, okay, they are recognizing it. Because something we <laughs> have not to forget is the Islamic Republic of Iran is needs countries like the United States, like the European countries. They are now in, in Vienna talking about the nuclear deal. They want the sanctions to be lifted, etc. To be honest, the European countries or the United States, in my opinion, they don't care a lot about the prisoners. But if people like us, like the people who uh, you mentioned, like Noam Chomsky, etc., if they raise their voices, they give a signature that has a much impact on the decisions they, they make. So in my opinion, and that's not only my opinion, that's the opinion about the, uh, from the whole movement, all the families, um, every single person who, who stands up and raise their voice for the political prisoners means that we are going a step forward. So I can always say, don't think your your uh, signature or your donation or something has no impact. It means the world to the prisoners that has a lot of impact of our Western government. And um, as I said, uh, um, that that they have less pressure the prisoners. Mm -hmm. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna continue along that line a little bit because I do think it's important for people to understand that you know. <laughs> When you're talking about this, this whole point about the importance of signing and supporting um, the emergency appeal that's going out, including its publication in uh, the New York Review of Books, it's going to happen uh, sometime in the near future. You know, can you actually give out uh, the website to find out how that people can uh, help to get this published? You know. Yes, of course. Um, the website, um, which you can join um, <clears throat> to get always an update about the prisoners how you can sign the emergency appeal, how you can donate if you want, how you can help. It's called freeiranspoliticalprisonersnow.org. There you can get every update about the prisoners. You can follow me on Twitter. My Twitter account is Mariam Claren, hashtag FreeNahid. Um, I always give an update about the situation, the current situation. Um, I, I myself, you know, today is nine months since my mother uh, was arrested. And before she was arrested, I was not very much into all this uh, issue. I knew about it, but not that much. So I really want to encourage everybody to follow up the news, to see what's going on in Vienna, how the United States are negotiating, uh, 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 dealing with the Islamic Republic of Iran, and how the whole thing has an impact on, on the prisoner situation. And I really, really want to encourage everybody to sign, to share, to tell your friends about this issue, because 
their lives are really hanging in the balance and all they have is us to speak for them. Okay, and one last question. How do people follow you and what you're doing? Um, as I said, um, they should really follow the uh, campaign website and uh, the campaign always uh, um, do updates on what we are doing uh, for the release of these people. And um, I would encourage everybody to follow me on Twitter. There you can find every um, information um, about the political prisoners, a lot of information about my mother's case and um, Yes, uh, I, I really would like to encourage everybody to, to, first of all, go on the homepage freeiranpoliticalprisonersnow.org. There they can sign for the newsletter. They get every information, and um, I promise it will open up your eyes. All right, Miriam, I want to thank you very much for doing this today, for being with us th today, and keep us informed about what happens, okay? I will. Thank you very much, Michael, for having me. Okay, take care now. All right, that was Miriam Cloren, the daughter of Nahid Tagabi, and someone who has been fighting to free all of Iran's political prisoners. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. While you're listening to this, while, you're listening, while we're in this quick break, I want you to understand something here. There's so much going on in the world, so much that we need to know about how to step into it, how to make a difference in it, all right? So we're going to take a quick musical break and give a listen to a song from Burn the Cage, from Burn the Cage movement in, in Europe. And this is by, uh, and you'll have to excuse me for just murdering this, but this is by Shakib Mossadegh, okay? And some of the lyrics are that you're going to listen to are, enough is enough, burn the cage, get in the streets, bring our voices together to shatter those prison walls. We say no to your bullets. We say no to your ropes. Let's burn down this system of cages. We together are the voices of the voiceless. Pour into the streets and let's break in and let's break down these prison walls. The international is the future of humanity. So let's give a listen. سوزان بیا در خیابان صداش رو بلرزان تو بنیاد زندان نتیر و تناب و نکشتار آسان فقط حق انسان فقط حق انسان نترسی نترسی ما همه با هم ترسید نترسید باید آنها بترسند هستیم در کنار زندانیان دروند بترسید بترسید ای صاحبان زندان آمدیم در خیابان بشتنیم قفل زندان بترسید بترسید ای صاحبان زندان آمدیم در خیابان بشتنیم قفل زندان Betarsi, betarsi, ma hamba ba hamasi. Betarsi, betarsi, ma 
از گلوله نترسان بنیاد نظام را در خیابان به سوزان من و تو هم صدا با صدای بی صدایان بشکنیم از خیابان دروازه های زندان ها Welcome back. And just tell me that you don't want to go out and get that song and follow what's happening because if you say that, I'm going to dis- I'm going to make sure that you you won't find out where we're broadcasting from ever again, okay? <laughs> no, I can't do that. I know that. No, seriously, it's actually very important that people get this. The uh the whole question of the the international in terms of even, even just the way that people look at this and th- the the future of humanity is something we all have a, a stake in, and I even hate to use that word, a stake in, we all need to be, basically, we need to be moving towards what we can do, but there's a whole other discussion about what that's going to take to make that change and stick with this show and stick with the, you know, what I'm bringing to people from the, you know, the, basically the political groups that I, I work around with. It's important. It's important, folks. We need to actually get up off of our butts. We need to understand what's, what's happening and what needs to be done. All right. This is the Michael Slate Show, and I'm very pleased to welcome back to the show Larry Everest. That's the crowds outside really (laughs) cheering him. Um, I can't hear them, Michael. (laughs) I couldn't hear that. I know, but I could only pay for that much. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let me just get get through with this. It's it's. uh, I'm pleased to be welcoming back to the show Larry Everest, a signatory to the emergency appeal to free Iran's political prisoners and a contributor to Revcom.us Revolution newspaper. And his latest piece is. Vicious wave of repression sparks global movement to free Iran's political prisoners, and it's posted on Counterpunch. Larry, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be with you and with Miriam. Yeah, yeah, it was very. She was very moving, very, very, very important at that. That yeah. actually, and people need to actually keep following that because it's, it, what happens in other parts of the world are, are very, very deeply put in. You know, they, they, they happen to us, whether we like to think about it or not, whether you're actually being hit by it or not directly. The people, the people that, you know, that also live in the world that actually are, you know, basically the people that you really want to <laughs> not die are also conduct, you know, conducted with this. So I think actually we need to jump on this. All right. So, Larry, let's, let's uh, you know, I think what I, what I want to do first before we begin, you know, we've, we've set our highs. I want to be, I want to do this. Before we begin talking, I want to play a reading of the emergency appeal to free Iran's political prisoners. This is something that moved me when I first heard it, and um, it was just—it uh, was an incredible piece. Okay, and I think this is it, this is the reading of uh, Iran's political prisoners by Dolly Veal. All right, so let's take a listen to that. Great. This is Dolly Veal, and I'm bringing to you today the emergency appeal. The lives of Iran's political prisoners hang in the balance. We must act now. The emergency appeal to free all Iran's political prisoners was published in March 2021 
in solidarity with the Burn the Cage, Free the Birds campaign in Europe. The campaign draws inspiration from the mass uprisings of the people of Iran in late 2017 and 2019 and is responding to a dramatic new wave of repression inside Iran, which began in October 2020. This emergency appeal is issued by people in the U.S. and directed to those inside the belly of the beast. Over 200 people have already endorsed it, including 11 former political prisoners from Iran, and it was recently signed by Jody Williams, 1997 Nobel Peace Prize laureate, and Gloria Steinem, author and feminist activist. It is available on the website freeiranspoliticalprisonersnow.org. The emergency appeal, the lives of Iran's political prisoners hang in the balance, we must act now. A brutal campaign of arrests, torture, and executions is now taking place in Iran. This is an emergency. The lives and dignity of hundreds of political prisoners are in imminent mortal danger. All those who stand for justice and yearn for a better world must rally to the cause of freeing Iran's political prisoners now. Beginning in October 2020, the Islamic Republic of Iran launched a massive new wave of arbitrary arrests against labor, women's, and human rights activists, dissident intellectuals and artists, protesters and revolutionaries, and members of religious and oppressed minorities. Many are now being tortured, held in solitary confinement, and denied legal rights, assistance, or medical aid as the IRI attempts to force confessions, conduct sham trials, and carry out brutal floggings. Amnesty International warns of an alarming rise in executions, with 49 prisoners executed between December and February. This regime has a blood-stained record of attempting to violently crush any form of dissent and resistance, including sudden mass executions of political prisoners as happened in 1988. We cannot allow this to happen again. Importantly, this repression has been met with inspiring heroism. Many prisoners, their families, supporters, and various Iranian organizations have been speaking out and demanding freedom for all Iran's political prisoners at great risk to their own safety. The Iranian Writers Association has denounced the execution of prisoners of conscience, even as it is under extreme repression. Several members are imprisoned, including Arash Ganji, sentenced to 11 years for translating a book on the Kurdish struggle in Syria. Journalist and Defenders of Human Rights Center member Nargis Mohammadi was imprisoned for eight and a half years. She is calling for protests against the solitary confinement of the two brothers of Navid Afkari, the Iranian wrestling champion, executed last year for being part of the 2018 mass rebellion. His brothers are sentenced to 54 and 27 years. The documentary film Nazarene about imprisoned attorney Nazarene Sotudeh is an example of this nightmare of detentions and this implacable spirit of resistance. Iran's political prisoners face a dire, life-threatening, immediate emergency. Here are just a few other examples. A number of dual nationals from Europe, Australia and the U.S. are being held in the political ward of the notorious Evan prison in Tehran. 
Amnesty International recently sent out urgent action alerts on two of these prisoners. Nahid Tagavi, rights activist, retired architect, an Iranian-German citizen, suffers from diabetes and hypertension. Her daughter, Marion Claren, reports that her mother was kept in solitary confinement for 151 days and was interrogated 80 different times for a total of 1,000 hours during her first 147 days of imprisonment. Nahid was released for a few weeks and then re-put into solitary confinement recently, and there are alerts from the Center for Human Rights in Iran about her deteriorating health condition. Same with Mehran Raouf a British-Iranian citizen and labor rights activist, is being held in prolonged solitary confinement, according to Amnesty. Raouf has been denied access to his own lawyers in England and has no immediate family in Iran, and his safety has not been verified for many months. Women prisoners are increasingly transferred to more remote prisons, limiting access by their family and lawyers. These include Cepeda Golian, a freelance journalist arrested for reporting and allegedly taking part in labor strikes. In early March 2021, she was suddenly transferred in chains from Tehran's Evan Prison to Bushar Prison in southern Iran, more than 373 miles from her parents. Somaya Kargar, a Kurdish activist and philosophy graduate of Tabriz University, arbitrarily detained since October 16, was moved from Evan Prison to the even filthier suburban prison of Karchak, outside Tehran. The regime is refusing to allow her to receive scheduled medical treatments in Paris, which could save her from blindness. All of Iran's political prisoners must be unconditionally and immediately released. The government of the United States and Iran act from their national interests, and in this instance, we, the people of the U.S. and Iran, along with the people of the world, have our shared interests as part of getting to a better world, to unite to defend the political prisoners of Iran. In the U.S., we have a special responsibility to unite very broadly against this vile repression by the IRI and to actively oppose any war moves by the U.S. government that would bring even more unbearable suffering to the people of Iran. We demand to the Islamic Republic of Iran, free all political prisoners now. We say to the U.S. government, no threats or war moves against Iran. Lift U.S. sanctions. As to what you can do, you can go to the website, endorse and spread this emergency appeal, freeiranspoliticalprisonersnow.org. All right. Welcome back. That was Dolly Veal, and she was reading uh, the Free Iran's Political Prisoners um, which is really, really very important, sisters and brothers. And let me, before we jump into the any more with Larry, I want to actually remind people that you're listening to The Michael Slate Show, and don't forget that, because this is one of the few places you're going to be able to get this kind of inf- information when you need it, when you want it, when you want to do something with it, all right? This is really important for people to understand this. Now, I want to... Uh, I'm really pleased to be welcoming back to the show after so many times, so, so, so long a time that he hasn't been on. His name is Larry. <laughs> okay. And, and he is, I'm sorry, my glasses are getting all fogged up. Uh, anyway, uh, Larry, let's, let's talk about this. Um, what, you know, you have a, there's, a, there's about four things that I want to cover here. And I think they're all very, very important. And I think it's not something that we can just throw around or, 
dance on and, and say, well, we got it. We made it through. The emergency campaign, okay? This is, a, you know, this is really... This is, this is really important, okay? The emergency campaign is planning to publish. And that emergency campaign, once again, remind people what it is, who it is, and it's planning to publish the emergency appeal that we've just heard as a full-page ad in the New York Review of Books. What's the point of doing this? What difference do you think that will make? Well, Michael, I think it'll make a big difference. This, this campaign, and I'll talk about that in a, in a minute, our goal is nothing. Our goal isn't simply let's call attention to an injustice. Our goal is nothing short of freeing Iran's political prisoners, seeing them released from prison and freed. And publishing this statement with the content that you just heard in the New York Review of Books is, is going to do a lot to advance this goal. First of all, it's going to put this whole issue of Iran's political prisoners and this new wave of vicious repression uh, really against millions of Iranians. It's concentrated in the prisoners, this new into the public square, um, very boldly as a grave emergency that demands that we act now. It's being done so, it's being put in the public square by a prominent group of U.S., global, and Iranian voices joining together again to demand freedom while at the same time opposing and rejecting any U.S. threats, sanctions, or intervention. And this is going in the New York Review of Books, which I think the subscription uh, level is something like 130,000 people subscribe to this magazine, and their website uh, has a million three hundred thousand unique visitors each month. I mean, that's a, a sense of the reach of this, but even more importantly, it, the audience of the New York Review of Books is a very critical audience of writers, uh, artists intellectuals, thinking and caring people. So publishing this ad is going to be a very important step in building a broad and very diverse wave of global condemnation. And there are other groups doing important work on this. Penn, Amnesty International, the filmmakers who did uh, the documentary Nazreen, who also signed on to this appeal. There are many family members, as Miriam was alluding to, many of the family members of imprisoned people are waging campaigns. So there's a lot of, um, you know, there's there are a lot of people involved in different ways, and this will build that wave of global condemnation, which is definitely going to increase the pressure on the Islamic Republic, the pressure from below, the pressure from the world public opinion and masses of people to release these prisoners while giving a lot of heart to the prisoners, and not just the prisoners, but to their loved ones as well and to millions of Iranians. And I thought um, what Miriam was saying about this and the story of what the judge said uh, to her mother uh, was a real indication of this. I, I think 
Uh, I like to quote Ariel Dorfman on this. Uh, he's a you know world famous playwright, author, human rights activist, who, by the way, lived through the brutal repression that followed the 1973 coup uh, by the U.S. in Chile against the Allende government. And he uh, signed on to the emergency, emergency appeal, and he wrote a statement about why he did so and what the effect of the emergency appeal uh, would be. And he said the appeal will effectively call attention to the situation of men and women in that country who, if enough pressure is brought to bear on its leaders, could tomorrow be liberated from terrible conditions and extraordinary injustice. And even if those leaders do not listen, I'm convinced, and he italicizes from personal experience, that the prisoners themselves are given strength to survive and persevere. They're listening. They know others far away care what happens to them, and we should not let them down. So we're... And so that's a powerful, beautiful statement uh, that echoes a lot of what Miriam was saying and, and I think powerfully conveys the importance of this appeal. And we are determined not to let these prisoners down. And um, again, uh, you've given out the website a number of times, Free Iran's Political Prisoners Now. Uh, I encourage people to go there to find out how they can help um, get this published in the New York Review of Books, and it will be uh, coming out, or it, we're aiming for it to come out in August. And on the website, you can also see a, a beautiful mock-up of this ad, this full-color ad, um, which uh, just seeing it visually is, is is really great. You know, it's really important, the stuff that you're saying, and I, I'd like to actually, you know, just... Tap, tap on this a little bit more because you know you're looking at this and you're talking about the you know the people who signed and all this stuff. But what do you say to people who argue that you know calling out the republic, the, the Islamic Republic for its repression will only legitimize U.S. bullying and threats against Iran? I mean, you know how that runs, man. You know, it's like the, the U.S. will get up in there and say, you know, look, we're on the we're on the side of goodness now. You know, this is we're we're just trying to allow people to to have the government they want, the government that they like. You know, there's a whole sex, a whole thing here, and that's why it's important to learn one about terms the the importance of international, you know, people people internationally standing with the Iranian people, but also just sort of like what's it going to do? You know, when you say to people, you know, that 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 argue this that calling out the Islamic Republic for its repression will only legitimize the U.S. bullying and threats against Iran. Let's talk about that. No, well, for, the answer is no, it doesn't. Uh, the emergency appeal, and this is one reason it is so important, it's very firm and clear in condemning U.S. war threats and intervention. It makes that statement very here. You heard, you heard it in Dolly's reading of the uh, emergency appeal. And we've got to break with this notion that standing with courageous prisoners uh, and the masses of people in Iran, let's not forget that this whole wave of repression 
was sparked by very powerful uprisings of millions of people in 2017 and especially in 2019 in Iran, ordinary people, impoverished people, demanding their freedom, demanding their ability to live, demanding a better future and a better world. And this is why what the the Islamic Republic uh, is trying to crush. Um, So supporting those courageous people is not equivalent to, (laughs) in any way, shape, or form, to uh, uh, supporting U.S. aggression. In fact, if we're, first of all, and ignoring this horrendous suffering the people of Iran, particularly the women of Iran, are going through at the hands of the Islamic Republic and refusing to speak out for them when they're rising up to fight for a better world is really, it's morally unconscionable, for one thing, and it leaves the status quo, this very oppressive status quo, and I might add imperialist-dominated status quo, in Iran, in the region, and so on, uh, in place. And, um, you know, this is why, and Dolly read the, the, the full statement, but the emergency appeal makes clear that the governments of Iran and the U.S. are acting according to their interests. But we, the signers of this statement, the people of the U.S. and Iran, are acting on our shared interests as part of getting to a better world. Vastly different things. And we're uniting to defend the political prisoners in Iran, and and the, the emergency appeal makes the point explicitly. And again, this is very important that this is going to be published and seen by tens of thousands of people. In the U.S., we have a special responsibility to unite very broadly against the vile repression by the Islamic Republic. And this is, I'm not going to back into this, but there's a whole history here uh, that demands that we do this of, of the U.S. role in Iran. And then it goes on to say, and to actively oppose any war moves by the U.S. government that would bring even more unbearable suffering to the people of Iran. And as as Dolly read, our demands, and then the demands are to the Islamic Republic, free all political prisoners, and we're making demands to the U.S. government. No threats or war moves against Iran lift U.S. sanctions. So this is something listeners and and people with a conscience, people who want to see a better world, should really sign on to and support. All right. uh, One more question. I'm going to have to be, you know, like we're running up on the clock, but I want to let this go. I don't want to let this go. What are the international emergency campaign's plans going forward, and how can people be uh, how can people help and be involved in it? Well, um, I have, we have, what, uh, 10 minutes left now or something like this? Is this correct? Uh, yeah, just about uh, about eight, I guess, actually. Okay, well, listen, I would one thing I, I wanted to make sure to talk a little bit about because it's so important, and it bears on your question of what, you know, what will this accomplish and what can people do? 
is I just want to take a moment and recognize some of the diverse voices that have come together on this. I mean, it's very important that world-renowned people like Dan Ellsberg, Cornell West, Noam Chomsky, Gloria Steinem. But I also want to give a special shout-out to Ariel Dorfman. I mean, he has done a lot to push this campaign forward, um, you know, by the statement he's written, by the, um, uh, uh, you know, by sign being early signer to the emergency appeal. And let's remember that um, he is someone whose work has been translated into Farsi, is read in Iran. If you look at the movie uh, uh, Nazreen, there's even a scene in there in which one of uh, the feminists put in jail um, and who's being defended by Nazarene Sudeh stages a, a, a play, Death and the Maiden, in prison using handmade kinds of props, and they also show a, a showing of uh, a production of the play in Tehran as well. So there's a lot of connections uh, there between uh, Ariel's work and, and Iran, and the same can be said for you see Berkeley professor and author Judith Butler, whose work is very influential among uh, Iranian uh, feminists in Iran. And then you have somebody like Gayatri Chavorti Spivak, who's a, a very accomplished scholar, uh, born in India, now at Columbia University, uh, one of the founders of the Comparative uh, Literature Society. She's considered a founder of subaltern studies, in other words, study of the globally marginalized. At the same time, she's a committed activist um, who is the citizen ambassador for the uh, people of Rohingya, the Free Rohingya Coalition. Of course, those are the people being subjected to genocide in Myanmar. And she teaches uh, children and adults among landless uh, peasants on the border of West Bengal and Bihar in um, in India. So, so these are you know very courageous, uh, prominent voices of conscience, and they're joining together. Uh, with Iranians, and, and you and Miriam were talking that t- about that. One of the other family members who's joined in the emergency appeal, appeal is Elika Ashuri. She and her mother have signed the appeal. They're uh, Elika's father and, um, you know, uh, is is on... Anushay Ashuri, and he's been, uh, he's a British uh, Iranian businessman who was illegitimately arrested four years ago and has been languishing in prison for four years. And they've started a campaign, hashtag free Anushay. There's also uh, Sharzad uh, Mojab, a, uh, an Iranian scholar who's now teaching at the University of. Um, Toronto does a lot of work on gender studies and is is uh, written on the nightmare of honor killings. We have someone uh, named Mansoure Bakish. She had six relatives, close relatives, executed by the Islamic Republic during the 1980s. She's continued to resist, to stand firm. She's part of the mothers of Havaran, 
Um, Havaran is a, ter- a cemetery in Tehran where there are many of the prisoners or people executed have been buried sometimes in unmarked uh, graves, and they continue to hold, um, uh, you know, um, remembrances at the cemeteries and publish the, um, it's like to say their names, remembering their loved ones and fighting for the freedom. So these these are voices that are of, of different, of really uh, inspiring diversity of people who are standing together. And there's real power in that diversity and that, in that very... Um, interesting um, uh, combination of people. They're standing together and they're summoning people to do um, to do likewise and stand with the prisoners. And you ask, what can people do? What are our plans going forward? As I said, we are going to continue fighting uh, until Iran's political prisoners are released and freed. That's our objective. Nothing less than that. And I, we are hoping that that can include publishing ads in more different newspapers, uh, uh, helping to organize various events to keep posting these news updates to get out in the media, and just doing everything we can. And, and look, I'm sure there are many people out there that have worked on uh, in your audience that have worked on different efforts. Uh, have a lot of knowledge and experience of organizing and getting the word out about just causes and invite them to uh, send us their ideas. Again, uh, you know, the website, free Iran's political prisoners org. You can go there. You can sign the appeal. You can get on our um, email update list. You can follow us on Twitter at uh, at Iran Prison Emerge E M E R G Iran Prison Emerge um, on Twitter. Miriam's uh, is uh, Miriam underscore Clarence C L A R E N at Larry Everest. Uh, you can you can follow us, and we're tweeting a lot about the situation. Um, in Iran, and uh, of course, share your ideas, your energy, and your passion for getting to a better world. Because this, this for these political prisoners is very much connected uh, with everything you do on your show, Michael, and the whole fight for a better. Uh, world that is so urgent right now. All right, Larry, thank you very much. we got to run on this, but uh, I want to thank you very much for joining us today, and uh, talk to you again real soon. Hey, great. Thank you so right. much, sure, Michael. Man. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right, folks, now you can check out my social media, and there will be a wealth of information about all of this, including all the links that Larry mentioned. And I want to basically make this point to you, too. Basically, you know, what we're talking about here is we're talking about... Um, it, Things that bring us to the this brings us to the end of another show, but not the end of what we need to do. I'd like to thank my assistant producer Henry Carson, my engineer Kiana Williams, and each and every one of you for tuning in. If you want to write to me, you can at mslate at the michaelslateshow.com. Once again, that's mslate one word one word at the michaelslateshow.com at the michaelslateshow.com. And we're going out with Angelique Kijo. How can I tell you from the film Nazarene?
when I tell you my truth, little one? How can I tell you the things I have done? Though I cannot see the sky, you know I only think of you. And you shine for me more brightly than the sun And how can I tell you the tears I have shed Are you still lonely each night in your Thank you.